Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Lucas. Hey, we're back again. Uh, This episode is going to be about damages and when people mess things up. Uh, More specifically, when and when not to file a damage claim. Uh, Sometimes it's just not worth it. Sometimes it's not worth your time. (laughs) No. And when, when is that situation? Well, it's tough to say for each host when that is. Um, we are, as you all know, members of different mastermind groups on Facebook. There's a lot of groups that are designed for Airbnb uh, hosts to go on and discuss things. Uh, it's a daily, daily occurrence where someone posts a photo of the smallest stain on carpet or on a rug. And they're like, how should I proceed? And it's like, what do you mean? (laughs) Throw some bleach on it. If that doesn't work, throw it away and go buy a new one. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Let's let's not be petty here. And I I'm kind of I'm kind of picking on people, so I apologize if you're in those groups and you posted one of those things. But let's be real here. You're running uh, a really small hotel <laughs> at the end of the day. Okay, have you never stayed at a hotel and accidentally done something as a guest? We all have. Okay, I'm not going to get into the particulars, but there's there's mistakes happen. You know, like. Maybe you, uh, maybe you use, I've, I've seen where females use hair dye in a hotel bathroom and it's an absolute mess for the cleaner to clean up. You never get a phone call when you're driving down the road on your road trip from the cleaner saying, Hey, we'd like $50 extra because, uh, it was a little bit dirtier than the room next door to you. It took a little longer. So here's an extra fee. You're never going to get that call. It's never going to happen. That hotel's not going to add you to a blacklist. They're not going to smear your name. And they're not going to hit your credit card for extra fees. Um, now, if, if you stay at a hotel room and you start smoking in the room when it's a non-smoking room, that's a different situation. Okay. Um, so we personally, Lucas and I, we kind of use dollar amounts as the threshold. Okay. So Lucas, uh, you say you've never filed a claim under 100 bucks. Never. Okay, but you have filed medium-sized claims above that. Yes. Okay, so give me an example, like like a broken leg on a bar stool. What are we What are we looking at? Um, actually, I shouldn't say that I've never filed a damage claim under a hundred dollars because I think about the last damage claim I filed was like ninety eight, and it was a whole bar stool. Ninety eight dollars. Yeah, it was nine. It came out to like ninety eight. Even with sales tax. tax. <laughs> with sales tax, it was ninety eight bucks. Um. But that's kind of like a big ticket item. Like it's not like sheets for me that are like twenty dollars. I was like, okay, I need to replace that bar stool. Uh, the person openly admitted on platform they broke it. Uh, it's a pretty ooh, easy. Ooh, there goes back to communicating on platform. Yeah. get them it, to admit it. <laughs> it's a pretty. At that point, it's a pretty easy claim to get. Yeah. But I kind of weigh that. You know, the if they the the problem that persists for me is if a guest doesn't openly say that they broke it. Now you face this. He uh, said, she said. You face this, he said, she, she said, dilemma. <laughs> also a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you face this dilemma where it, when you go to file that damage claim, on whether it's VRBO or Airbnb um, or any other, any other thing that you have, uh, 
you have to aim that damage claim at the guest, and if the guest didn't openly admit to damaging the item, uh, now you're going to have a problem. That guest can openly... They'll just decline. They'll decline, but they'll... they. You're leaving a bad taste in their mouth. Uh, even if they know they broke it, now they can use the review system against you, right. uh, which leads all the back into review. So that's why you kind of have to weigh, is it worth it to file a damage claim? Now, if a guest openly comes to you and says, hey, I broke this, I go to the guest. I'm like, really cool. That's awesome. Thanks for letting us know you have coverage uh, for incidentals just like this and you're going to be covered you know not a problem and we get it replaced you know that way my owner doesn't have to but if uh again if you have a guest that's not telling you they broke it now it becomes a hundred dollar thing if it's if it's over under 100 bucks i don't file now sometimes you'll use you know you'll use venmo directly right and the person can just pay you yep right so like i've had where folks have left stuff behind and they want us to ship it to them um, and we have to put insurance on it. Let's say uh, we've had multiple. I, I don't know. We just have this affliction with cell phones getting stuck in like couch cushions or something. A lunchbox last week. A lunchbox. So, I mean, it's like, but a cell phone though, I kind of got to send that with like insurance and got to get it to them quickly. It's a cell phone. They need it back. So we go to the post office. We got to buy all the postage. Got to buy the insurance. And they, they are usually very, very willing to pay us back for that. Um, but when it comes to an actual damage, I just Venmo had, is a way to, to get paid back. I just had the perfect the perfect one right here. I had a uh, a guest stay four weeks ago maybe, and um, her they had a little wiffle ball set for their little son, and uh, he took that wiffle ball bat straight to my f- uh, one of the guest bedroom TVs, hmm. um, and so I told Smash the TV, she, and she didn't know she didn't know because she wasn't oh, staying in that room. Yeah. Although there was an adult in there, so I don't know why they wouldn't have told her. Uh, so the very next reservation. Uh, my cleaners didn't turn on the TV to see if it, you know, what the LCD was broken. Uh, so the next guest was like, Hey, this TV's broken. I immediately texted her and I said, Hey, you know, you broke this TV. And she was like, Oh yes, I totally forgot to tell you. I'm like, all right, thanks. And she sent me a Venmo. I didn't even have to file a damage claim. I was like, you can pay via Venmo and then we don't have to go through the Airbnb process. And uh, she was like, cool. So they sent that Venmo right away over to me to pay for that broken item. That's a good example of a good guest. A bad thing happened with a good guest, and yes. it got fixed. Um, but then, then you've got the folks that that will admit to it, but then will try to decline it. So I'll give you a good example of that. I had a young guy. He did a did a little romantic weekend with his girlfriend at one of my properties, and it was a staycation. They were local, <laughs> and so they they came and had a little fun weekend. And at some point, our guy tried to be super romantic with a bunch of candles. Now, number one. Candles in my Airbnbs are against the rules. I don't want anything that causes fire inside of my homes, including cigarettes and candles and bonfires and all that stuff. I, we don't have we don't have fireplaces even in all of our places, which is great. The only one that I have in anywhere near my listings is in my own home, and that's off limits. We don't use that. So if you need candles, cut the wick out yes. so they cannot light the candle. Yes, I can't stress that enough. If you like them as decoration or if you're a host that comes in and, and manages for someone who's already furnished the house, if you see a candle, no matter if it's one of those big ones that sits you know, in a, in a container on the floor and it's just a large decorative candle, I don't care what it is, get in there with your utility knife and cut that wick down an inch down. Okay, And take a lighter, melt that wax back over the wick. If you don't do that, they'll find the wick. I promise you. Yeah. Okay. And people will burn decorative candles that don't have any scent whatsoever just right. to burn them and they will ruin them. So just they get assume the wick. they're there for them yes. and they're not. Now, <laughs> you can go the extra step and you can literally take a clear packing tape 
and tape the top of the candle that if they reach up and pull the candle down to light it, maybe you got a post-it tucked in there that says, don't light me. Maybe that's, you know, maybe you got to do that maybe too. You can do that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't want to be rude to the guests, but make it dummy proof. Okay. Cause yeah. like, seriously, you can say it in your house rules, but if you don't repeat it, sometimes that kind of stuff gets ignored. But anyway, my point is I have it against, it's against house rules to light candles in my buildings. Now he brought in big candles and somewhere along the line, I'm not going to sit and speculate what was going on in the living room when this happened. Somewhere along the line, he knocked the candles over. And nothing lit on fire, but there was wax everywhere. It got on the rug, around the coffee table. The whole coffee table had wax all over it. Now, this particular guest was uh, too immature to understand how wax really works. Instead of letting it sit and just waiting so we could clean it off the table in chunks, he went and grabbed a bunch of paper towels while it was wet and hot, and he tried to wipe it up. He literally smeared wax into every crevice on this coffee table, like a coating. <laughs> it was the biggest mess you've ever seen, and it was smeared all over the rug. Again, he could have left the drops just sit there, and they would have peeled right off. But he smeared it into the rug, and then after it dried even, they tried even further to clean it up, and it was colored. It was red. So the coffee table was ruined. The rug was ruined. Um, he tried to be super nice on checkout messages. Oh, your place was great. We had a great weekend. Then my cleaner gets there and she's like, uh, you need to see this. I mean, that coffee table headed straight to the dumpster. Um, I had to yank a rug out of my own house and go throw it in the house to replace the one that was now ruined. And then I had to go replace the rug that I replaced. And then I had to get a coffee table. Um, here's the good news. Uh, the rug and the coffee table happened to be purchased at Ikea. So I was able to utilize Ikea's online ordering system to produce costs for the items that were ruined. Um, I turned in the claim. I, I gave the guest uh, the 72-hour period to respond to my request for money. And thank goodness I followed rule number one. Every bit of communication was on there, and he even stated in there, I don't want to pay that much. I'll pay something, but I don't want to pay that much. I think that's too high. As if he could somehow dictate the cost of the rug, which was over $100. So we don't put cheap, you know, $40 rugs in our, our places. We put nice rugs in there. That was over $100, and the coffee table was as well. So our total claim was a little over $200. Um it was worth getting that money back because his stay was only two nights. I only made $200. Why would I host somebody and lose all that money? That wouldn't make sense. So that, yep. that's another factor that helps you decide if it's worth it, right? Like, what did we make? What are we losing? Okay. If you start making claims for things like uh, towels that somebody wiped makeup she, on, yeah. get out of here. Get out of here. You're in the wrong business. So anyway, the way that played out is he said, I don't want to pay that much. He declined. Um, I simply called Airbnb when the 72 hours was over and they yanked it right off his credit card. It was done. It was over with. He didn't have a say in the matter. He admitted to doing it. So there you go again. Rule number one from one of our past episodes, stay communication on the app. Had it right there. He was he was toast. There was no argument. Um, so back to that little point I made before. If, if, you're, if you're sitting here with dish rags and things like that that get racked and you don't have extra linens to replace those, and you think that you got some cutesy little match set 
you better have bought extras when you bought them. Okay, if you bought some nice little set at Bed Bath & Beyond and you're trying to be luxe, that's cool. I get it. Buy extra. Period. Okay? Over time, your towels and your linens are going to get destroyed. If you ever bother making a claim for a linen, you shouldn't be doing this. Flat out. Linens, you're going to own a lot of them. <laughs> and you're going to go through them. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. I have heard folks on the mastermind groups on the on the Facebook about... Um, Basically, every four months, they're just replacing linen straight up. I've seen that too. That's heavy. You know, and, I, I think and that's a little heavy, but still. I've have to. I have to talk to some of my owners. Some of my owners, they want to. You know, we have nice places, right? And they want to buy expensive linens. You know, yeah. like and we Tommy, talked about this Tommy Hilfiger, so Tom, you know, Tommy Bahama. They want to keep it in spend sixty dollars per sheet set, and I'm like, don't do that. I was like, uh, the lower end sheets are nice. It's it's a hotel quality. Um, Buy those because you're going to be replacing them. It's all about thread count. You get a good high thread count and you can afford to lose them if you got good thread count but inexpensive. Okay? You need to find the middle ground on that kind of stuff. If you start putting in claims for sheets, people will stop using Airbnb. You understand what I'm saying here? It's do not give guests the idea that all of us hosts are nitpicky, you know, and, and, and looking to charge people extra for things. They are already paying fees that we don't receive in the form of taxes because every municipality is catching on now they all want to get paid okay we are paying as much taxes on each stay as if somebody was staying in a hotel okay we're, we're paying a ton of tax which means the the guests are paying the tax okay we are we are hitting them for a cleaning fee just think about never... this in, in florida in florida a guest is paying for my they're paying for our stay so they're paying the nightly they're paying the cleaning and they're paying any other fee that we have, they're also paying 24.5%, 12% to Airbnb, 12% uh, back to the state uh, for taxes. So they're for a paying total of 44%? 245 24.5%. On the total stay. On the total stay. <laughs> and if you have thousands of dollars, guess what? 24.5% is another wow. $1,000. Just in, you know, so don't nickel and dime people to death. You know, things are, you know, just make sure, you know, set a monetary limit on what you're going to file a damage claim. Uh, maybe you go to the guest and text them and say, hey, did you did you break this? Um, or, or was this damaged during your stay? Maybe they admit to it. Maybe they don't. Uh, but kind of just use your best judgment yeah. on uh, filing that. Because on the reverse side, if you do file a damage claim against a guest, like I'm reiterating, the review system is used against you by the platforms, unfortunately, uh, for this very instance. Because the platforms also don't want you filing damage claims for every little thing. And that's how they can stop you from doing it is a bad review is not worth a $60 claim. Right. It's not. And uh, if, if you uh, do recall one of our previous episodes, we talked about timing of reviews as it relates to damage claims and potential for, uh, you know, an argumentative situation. Um, you, can, you can wait until the person has reviewed you to start your claim. Um, I've heard mythical statements that you, you have to file the claim before the next guest. That's only true if they have structurally or otherwise uh, damaged something massively in the house. In other words, they stayed at your house and they ripped the front door off. Well, obviously, you're going to put that claim in immediately. Okay, or uh, in, in Lucas's case, which we'll cover in another episode, because um, it's, it's literally a whole episode of discussion, a tub that overflows into the unit below them. That's something you discuss immediately. I'm talking about a broken bar stool, a stained rug, uh, a, a ripped something, a broken this or stolen artwork, you know, a broken you know TV. You can wait till the review is over, 
and you can start the review process by being the first one to leave a review and then they will get an email that says hey ryan and lucas uh, left you a review go ahead and leave them one and if they leave you a review and that that section of the stay is over and then you file the claim there's no rule that, that says airbnb won't pay you out so all these rumors going around that you have to file the claim before the next guest comes absolutely unequivocally false that is wrong every claim i've ever filed i did it after the review I don't want the review to be, you know, hampered by this. So keep that in mind. Um, I think that's everything. When to yeah, leave a when to it. when to do a damage claim, when not to. So be fair to people. That's all we ask. <laughs> that's all we're saying. All right. In the meantime, um, get that money. Get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.